<laughs> he's he's going to be an Iron Show fan here, and I'm going to be a Fat Boy Podcast fan here. So, uh, hey, Kev. Hey, Kev Bear. What's up, man? Hey, hello. Keep it up. Keep doing it. Keep searching the word and get stronger. Bloom. Bear some fruit. Uh, the Iron Show website's been updated, and uh, uh, we got some pics up of me and Rick at, on our pics page. Just uh, go to the front page, click on other, and see me and Rick. In case you're curious of uh, what we look like or don't look like, you know, or whatever. And uh, also, we've got, um, I've got, I've put a page up called Origins, which uh, uh, I've uh, re- I've uh, captured the first few emails uh, back and forth between me and Rick when we were, when we were first catching the idea of the show. I call it the Origins page, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I document the place where, uh, the first point in time where uh, I actually went back and I it's through this thread. It took me forever. I actually found the first encounter I had with you on the uh, WOP forum. And I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was in a corner and everybody was slapping me around and you came to my rescue. It's the first time I ever, I didn't even, never even heard of you before. Here's this guy, Lions for Jesus. He shows up, rescues me from all the, all the guys that were taking taking bites out of me. <laughs> yeah, you were my hero, man. I'll tell you what. I re- I actually found that. And I edited a little bit, you know, but but I didn't change anything. I, I edited some stuff out that wasn't necessary to, you know, for... Well, I thought you were humorous, and I thought, well, this guy, this guy, you know, understands that, even though he's a little bit wacky on what he's saying, um... Uh, you an idea how wacky I was when I first approached Rick with the idea of throwing the, throwing the Iron Show together. You know, the way I asked him was, I said, you know, um, do you, are you man enough to do a show with me, or should I take you downtown and buy you a nice pink dress? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought, this guy, I like this guy. This guy is from my camp, I'm telling you. Now, right on. It's from my camp because, you know, <laughs> it's a, there's 12 tribes of us, man. No, I'm kidding. And, uh, it's yeah, I knew the same thing. I knew the same thing when you replied to me because you not only wanted to start the show, but you wanted to paint dress too. Yeah, I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> actually, and then you showed me your pink guitar, and I thought, well, maybe you, you need to keep that pink dress. Yeah, yeah. Don't be don't be bad mouthing Pinky. Yeah, I'm totally joking. If you put me in a pink dress after I bad mouth Pinky, remember that? Here you send me a picture of my mug in a pink. I did not put that on the website. I actually, I got a pink dress. Oh my god! Actually, I put Rick's head on a pink dress. But they got I look like Max Klinger. Is that news of mine? Look how big my nose was. I was like, hey, I look like Max Klinger from that. That dress is precious. Yeah, you look sort of like uh, uh, what uh, uh, Kurt Cobain on the on the on the Headbangers Ball when he wore that. Oh, that terrible. Kurt Cobain oh, was on the Headbangers Ball and he wore that gown, that ball gown with the little yeah. carrying the little <laughs> wand. Yeah, there's a Levitical law that says uh, uh, that says that man should not put on women's apparel at all. It's an abomination. You know, there's, it's in Leviticus, and I was thinking, uh, of course, that's, I never did that. I've never, you know, 
No? That I remember, you know. <laughs> well, no, in the 70s, I used to wear my sister's T-shirts because they were, you know, they were 70s, you know, rock star looking shirts. Oh, yeah. You know that's about? not really that's not really women's apparel. No, 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 no. It was like the tops, the the shirt tops back in the seventies. You know, they were sort of, you know, sort of sailor looking or girly looking, kind of tight fitting or whatever. They were cool. They were rock star looking. What they were, really. I I thought anyway. I thought it was cool. <laughs> you know, like yeah, he just told me because I wear my sister's clothes. Oh, that's crazy stuff. Anyway, that's uh, I kind of like that because I also, uh, I, just, I just felt I said this guy is really he's starting a conversation and he's you no know, he's being funny while he's speaking about it and I said now that is that's a sign of somebody that he you know that's reaching out plus he's having a conversation plus he's not trying to be he's being serious but on top of that he's being wacky and trying to enjoy the company of other you know other Christians. You know, because, you know, being real, I mean, just like, you know, you got to imagine the 12 guys, like we always talk about the 12 guys sitting around, you know, with Christ, you know, and you definitely know they laughed and, and they giggled and they probably said weird things, but they got really serious with, you know, and Jesus was really serious about what, you know, you know, and of course there's no sin involved. They were just doing it in fellowship, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, were saying uh, some off the wall stuff. You just throw, hey, what if, what, what if this? And you were, you know, what if, you know, you know, the, you didn't just, say there's a lot of, there's a lot of Christians out there just way too uptight and stuffy and look down you their nose at you if you say one thing off color, you know, or you're, they don't think your sense of humor is godly or whatever, you know. And tell that to the Christian communions. Oh, also, um, on the site, I put our emails back up on um, johnny at ironshow.com. You can send me an email. And, uh, also rick at ironshow.com. That's, uh, Rich, Rick's name, that's just what his mom calls him. I call him that too, and some other friends call him that, but Richard is what you're supposed to call him. But, uh, uh on the, I call him Rick on the, his mama calls him Rick. Uh, on the Iron Show, on the website, you'll see it's R-I-C. It's not R-I-C-K like Ricky. It's, like, short for Richard. It's just shorter than Rich. It's Rick. I There's a lot of Ricks that did that, and I just put R-I-C when I was younger, when I was a kid. Yeah. Say, no, 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 that's not Rick. It's Ritz. You can call Rick. You can call Ricky. You can call me R-I-C. You can call Richard. You can call me Richie. You can call me. <laughs> don't call me late for dinner and don't call me at 3.45 in the morning. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now we're kicking kicking back some ideas back and forth. Uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I came up with the idea. Let's do a, let's do a show on faith. You know, uh, my faith. wife was. My wife was asking me, she goes, so what's the, what's the next Iron Show going to be about? I said, oh, well, we're going to do a show on faith. And she says, that's kind of a big subject. <laughs> well, I said, yeah, well, let's just, I guess we'll just hit on a couple aspects on it. You know, what is uh, faith is one, you know, once somebody have, uh, let, me, let me say that again. What is faith once one has asked and still he seeks to find it? Well, wow, Say know? that again. Once, uh, what is faith once one has asked and still he seeks to find it? If I said that right again, I just like, like tired. Did, right? But I still don't get it. 
it's it's actually from a lyric from a song of an old metal uh, Christian band called Deliverance, and it was oh. a, it was says what what is faith once one has asked has really seeks to find it, man's spirit talks when thoughts are called what such song you know I don't know, anyway it was a good point it's what uh, Pontius Pilate said, what is, you know. Oh, he actually said, what is, what is again, truth? Again, what he said, is what, what is faith? truth, but it was also, what is faith? One has to ask. If one is faith, if one has to ask, then still one still tries he, to still find he it? Still seeks to find it, yeah. What is faith? Once one has asked, and still he seeks to find it. I'm sorry, that was a wrong quote from the band Deliverance. That was from another, <laughs> another band. <laughs> yeah, it was from Trouble. That. Remember that band, yeah. Trouble? Uh, I remember, yeah, Trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, this is a lot. It's like Baron Cross and... Uh, yeah, except for Troubled, and they were depressed, and they were just like... Apocalypse and Living Sacrifice and uh, Tourniquet was one. They're still around, I think. Yeah. Tourniquet? Yeah, they were... Tourniquet? Uh, yeah, they were called Tourniquet. They were actually pretty good. They were like they were different, though. They like actually created a style. Sounding name. Yeah, they were called Tourniquet, and they're a bunch of good, good Christians. They're also animal activists too. <laughs> oh, like, uh, like in like in Twelve Monkeys. Uh, yeah, I remember that Red movie. That's pretty funny. Red yeah, Red that, that was a pretty funny movie. That was a eerie but Brad, funny movie. That's Brad Pitt's greatest role. Yeah, he's he's, a retarded guy with a bad eye in Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got to pray for Brad Pitt because you know he's like. You know, with uh, what's her name, and and John Voight is a very he's now you know conservative activist, so that's kind of that's kind of a warped. Uh, you know, I said, hey, Brad Pitt, you gonna run for uh, mayor? And he goes, oh, I'm I'm for this gay marriage and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, boy, you really lost these people. You get all this stuff and the reward and poor people. They don't you know they have faith in what they're doing. I guess right. Yeah, Hollywood is. Uh, yeah, okay, that's. Uh, yeah, I guess that works, sort of not. That's that's their, their they have faith in their Hollywood god, you know. Yeah, yeah, the god, the god of corruption and and the West Coast. Yeah, what the Augustine would say is the theatrical theology. That's yeah. lesbian. That's yeah. lesbian. Uh, theatrical theology, or otherwise known as hypocritical theology, or professional liars, you know. Or professional pretenders. Remember the pretenders, Kissy Hines? I'll shout out to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. A-O-A-O-H-I-O. <laughs> Ohio, do you yeah. do? I went back to Ohio. Yeah. My city was gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, way to go, Ohio. Yeah, she was really she was good singing though. I I still I still pray for all of my old favorite bands. He's, I like them. Even though I was really people were like, man, what what were you into, us? I was anything that was really cool and heavy, you know. And yeah, you know, of course, I like Divine Fire. I want to shout out to them from Sweden. They're a rad band, and Narnia. I want to say. Narnia is a band. These are these are all heavy metal bands that are they're really on fire for the Lord. And they're they are bold heavy metal bands. They make sure that you know who they're talking about instead of kind of like just going, oh, it's about God. They're like, you know, my, you know, if you hear their songs, they just like Jesus Christ. Or they're like singing praises to them and this heavy music. And it's you know very vocal. It's a really good band though. And you should see where their faith lies. 
I mean, these guys. Yeah. The I mean, I mean, I've never heard. I mean, we know all the old old school metal bands that would talk about Christ, right? These guys, I mean, totally just on fire. I mean, they make it. They're so bold in speaking about the word that they use. Like they write songs called uh, worship songs. Like they're, they're pretty heavy, but they're very vocal. You know, re- with really good vocals. You know, my roots are strong in you. Your words are true. You know, divine promises from your living word live inside my house, you know, and uh, just, just, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, King of Kings, Lord of Lord, and they just go off and, oh, man, every time I listen to it, I get so empowered, you know, and it stops, yeah, me, from, stops me from road raging and driving out the road. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have guys, road I drove my truck and I drove my Ford into a tree. Yeah. No, actually, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm totally joking. It's actually really good music. So if everybody wants to listen to it, like, you know, your kid's into, uh, heavy, you know, you know, heavy metal, you know, just that worldly metal and stuff with all that. You know, these guys will blow these guys that are in the world away, I swear. I mean, we love the Led Zeppelins, and we love the Black Sabbath, we love those bands. You know, some people, like, really like Metallica and stuff, you know. And, you know, you can, and it's okay like now to the listen to New Megadeth. It's okay to listen to New Megadeth now, because David's message is about Christ now. And he's doing the best he can, trying to break his old habits. So Dave Mustaine became a Christian a few years back, and he's now out there on VH1 making sure everybody knows he's a born-again Christian. So that's pretty cool. So really... Van Halen. So is Eddie Van Halen. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's a, Sammy Hager hate, was pissed at him for it, too. Oh, because they had that song on OU812, or what was it? You know, you know they're yeah. saying, you don't have to... Now, this is just, like, recently, in the last, like, two years, by three years. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, one, yeah. Of my guitar, one of my guitar favorites, I mean, come on, Eddie Van Halen was one of my, you know, growing up as a kid, that was when I first heard him play that, so was it either 1977 or 78, at a skate park in Upland, California called Pipeline Skate Park. I think it was in 70. I first heard Eruption. And I was skating, yeah. I was skating my skateboard. You know, I'm a, I'm a young little, you know, what, what, 10 or 11. And I stopped in the middle of my track, in the middle of that park, and heard this guitar solo. I, I went, what? That was like, what was that? I mean, I was already into Kiss and stuff, but this guitar, you know, Eddie Van Halen's guitar solo. Excuse this guy, I'm just going off the track of faith, but this is, Oh, yeah, let's oh a, yeah, let's detour there, detour, 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 and I went, I went, was detour, 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 he played part of Eruption, just part of it. He goes, yeah, this is a song my friend, Eddie Van Halen. He's in a, they're trying to get a band together down in L.A., and this is, like, one of his, like, songs, but I can only play part of it. And then I heard it, what, it was 77, 1977, when the album first came out, I heard it. I was like, whoa, because he, he could play the, like, the very first couple bars of Eruption, his friend could play it. I go, wow, yeah. it, it is how that goes. Whoa, what a trip. Yeah, I did. So, I'm so glad to hear that he's he found the Lord, and I hope he stays with it. Yeah, I, mean, I guess he's like, 
he doesn't know what to do with what I heard. He's just like, he doesn't know what to do about music or nothing. He's just kind of trying to figure out where his head's at, basically. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know, um, you know, God, you know, God won't strip him away from his guests, but of course, you know, you know, of course, he's done it all, and I'm glad he's not one of the, uh, you know, the icons that didn't die of some, you know, horrible, you know, just some typical rock star death, you know, because, you know, as it comes all down to what they put their faith in, killed them. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, because... Like, you know, uh, we love Jimi Hendrix, and look what happened to him, you know, even though some say his death was really accidental, you know, it was accidental, but, you know, and uh, whatever happened, but he looked good, you know, and, of course, we knew where Jim Morrison wanted to go. He just, he didn't care. He wanted to die anyway, you know. But you think, and then Kurt Cobain basically... You know, murdered. Yeah, some people believe that he got murdered. Well, anyway, his fate, whether he got murdered, it was suicide as, you know, the lot, you know, the thing says it does, you know. Um, he was sort of a twisted Christian. He was, he was, yeah, he did his selling his soul to Satan stuff all the time, you know, and, uh. Rob Halford even said he was a Christian. I saw him say he was a Christian on an interview. He's a, Gay Christian. <laughs> Rob Halford lives. You know, Rob Halford lives uh, in, in our gay, told, sec, gay section. You told, yeah. you told Rob Halford you were praying for him, and he said oh, yeah. he, he looked That's at right. you weirdly. Yeah, I was just about to say that all over again. <laughs> you remember? Sorry. No, it's okay. You, but you reminded me that I've already told you that, so we don't have to go there. Yeah, so you know, yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick saw Ralph, Rob Halford in where, where was it, Arizona, or was it? Yeah, Which we know. It was, it was in Hillcrest, and I was walking my mom from the, because uh, at the time I didn't have, a, I was, you know, I didn't have a vehicle, so we took the bus. And I was walking my mom from her eye doctor appointment, because I take care of my mom, too. And uh, um, he was just, I looked over, and like I said, I looked over and I said, of all the people I stand next to, I have to stand next to you. And I said, I'm praying for you, you know. And basically, I'm praying for you. <laughs> he didn't say nothing. He just looked at you weird. Yeah. He just kind of like, okay, yeah, he didn't. And I just, but it was of all the people that I had, you know, on the street, that I would never expect that I would be right next to standing, waiting for a, a green light to happen so we could walk across to the bus stop, right? And it was him. And I was just like, I, I'm praying for you. You know, it's just of all the people, you know, <laughs> I run into, you know. and say nothing to you, he, 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 I thought he did. He said something. I can't remember what he said now. Do you remember what I said? Yeah? Let's see. Yeah, I, 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 I can tell. Yeah, he just looked at me. I thought he said something. And I, I don't remember now for some reason. He's a singer for Judas Priest in case anybody yeah. don't know who we're talking about. He's, I think, it's, he's I think uh, yeah, he looked at me weird. That's probably what it was. If I said it, it's probably, I have to rewind the last show and remember. I'm trying to remember his. No, we didn't talk about it on a show. We talked about it on a Yahoo chat. Like, oh, that's right. That's right. That was on the show. Yeah, I thought yeah. you said some things to me, and uh, but I don't remember now for some reason. Because it's not really that important. A lot, but we're talking about a state where people they, they put their faith, you know. And and so, yeah, you're right. Wife, it is hard. Uh, faith is hard because they actually talk about. It. But then again. The question was really should be: Are we using our own faith, or are we using the faith Christ gave us? 
Right, because question. every man's given a major faith when they're born. I mean, you don't know it, but you're given that. Yeah. And, and then Christ you, you think that, Yeah, you think you believe in, in Jesus right all, all on your own, but that's not really true. I mean, because the faith you have, that's given to you, too. And isn't that crazy that that's how we're justified? Because that's, the gift is Christ, and he is our faith. And that takes yeah. all that takes all possibility of us being justified by anything that we did. Because we can say, well, I'm, I'm justified because at least I took that step for faith. Well, no, you didn't. Uh, that was given to you, too, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just think about it. You just think about it. And, and, you know, faith is the thing hoped for, the evidence things unseen, as the King James would flow. You know, and... Uh, that faith, yeah. faith, that faith that we are given is showing how sovereign God really is to us, that it is He that chose us. And a lot of people have a hard time to, with that. Yeah, some people have, they want to take some kind of credit, you know. And, and there's, there's no, no room, room for, to, you know, we can't. Yeah. There's no, no room for taking, taking credit and kudos as a Christian. There's no, there's no room for that in your yeah. life. And so that makes, that shows me that you, there's no this thing as synergy, but there's only monergy. And that's what they would, that's the theological term anyway. That synergy that's fine is one with me, that, you know. that people think they can come alongside Christ, right? And, and do their works, which is not true. It's that it is Christ that bears through through us. He is the source. He is divine. And we are the branches. So, you know, that's John 15, and it kind of just shows us where we get our faith from. And, uh, you know, now that we have this faith, you know, you know, it's like I said, it's more, it's just more than believing, you know. Like we even say, even the demons believe and tremble. So. Yeah, me and you got an argument about that uh, one time, too. I think so. And, uh. Because that's always been a big pet peeve of mine is that, you know, the the real snake biters, uh, the real legalists used to put that, you know, add that to their sermons that, uh, you know, the, you know, well, you're saved by faith. Well, no, you're, you're saved by your works. Well, no, you're not saved by your works. You're saved by faith. Always been my position. That's the position of the Bible, really, but they would say, well, you know, you can't be saved by faith alone because, you know, the demons believe they have faith, you know, um, but they're not saved. Well, my answer to that has always been, well, you know, Paul defines what faith is. It's the belief in, you know, things not seen, and the demons have seen Jesus. We we haven't. You know, we're, we we have to trust in Jesus just on on His word. We we've never we didn't grow up with Him like the demons did. You know, we've uh, never. I don't even believe the demons. He created. Him. He created them. Yeah, but I know, but they've seen him. They don't have to believe in him. They they know yeah. he's there. They recognize who he is. <laughs> yeah, and but you know what? My we didn't recognize who he was as humans. Or like, yeah, actually, actually, some did, though. Some, when they saw him as a baby, though. I forgot about that. It was uh, the man named Simon and the, the woman prophetess, Anna. I think uh, in, in, in the book of Luke, if I have the names right, I'm not at my desk. Recognize who Jesus was. Clarify. Yeah, they went. One went up and pray, uh, prayed, and one, I guess his name was Simon. It's, 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 uh, this is when he was a, a child, and he says, I saw the Lord, now I can go die. You know, I yeah. can die. And uh, 
that that right there is a, a controversial thing with people that shows that that Jesus didn't die yet, and this guy says, "Now I can go die and, and go be with the church in heaven," because here it is. And that, here it is, you know. That brings here me is. around to the, that brings me around to what I wanted to say. You know, kind of start the start the conversation. Uh, I wanted to point out uh, that uh, there was some, you know, let's look at faith. Let's look at what Jesus was impressed with when he thought about, you know, when he when he was impressed with a few people in their faith. But, uh, you know, why don't we talk about that? Let's talk about what really impressed Jesus. And the first one was, uh, you know, Ernest Borgnine. Remember, Ernest Borgnine was the... Uh, was the uh, the centurion who was the the military leader? Seriously. <laughs> All right, I'm trying. I'm trying to be funny, but that's the Ernest Borgnine played that guy in one of the great, you know, one of the greatest Jesus movies that ever was made. Ernest Borgnine played the centurion. Anyway, there's a part. It's in Matthew. And the centurion. He's a he's a military leader. And the one who said, he, "I tell them what they want to do, and they go do it." Yeah, if you, if, you, if you say the word, my servant shall be healed. And he came up to Jesus and he says, I got a servant at home. He's like my son and, you know, and uh, uh, I, I need you to heal him. And Jesus said, well, okay, I'll, I'll come over to your house. And he said, no, 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 you don't understand. He goes, I'm, I'm the bomb, I'm a leader, and I know, you know, when I say, you know, bark, you know, people bark, you know. So I know that you're God and all you got to do is just, say the word, and my servant will be healed via remote control. You don't have to go to the house. And Jesus will, you know, I'm totally paraphrasing that in Johnny talk, but uh, Jesus was really impressed with that. You know, he said, I haven't found such a great faith. No, not in all of Israel. And he was really impressed with that guy's faith. Because he believed, and he had faith, he knew that. He goes, that dude is God, and here this guy is a head Roman, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you think about it. He's just, you just say the word, and I know my, it's basically, you just, here's a prayer for, you know, uh, my prayer for is, you just say the word, and you pray, and I know my servant will be healed. It's basically, he was, I know he'll be healed. He yeah. told he, he was, he believed 100%. He was 110% since he was a centurion, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like for that's for the football players out there, which that's my you know, I love football. Anyway, hundred ten. Yeah, I'm a Rams fan, but that's okay. I I got Cliff Branch. <laughs> I have a, a I signed thing by Cliff Branch, man, and and John, uh, and uh, what's his name, uh, John Madden. You know, hey, uh, I think Ernest Borgnine was a Raiders fan too, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm a Chargers fan. No, I'm sorry, I'm from San Diego, so. I'm a Charger and a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Right on. I like both those teams. I've always liked the Pittsburgh Steelers ever since I was a little kid. But I've also liked the Chargers, which they've never won anything. <laughs> you know, they've won. Uh, they've always won the conferences, but they never won a Super Bowl. I wish we just win one, and I'll be happy. You know, I don't care about four. I just want one. <laughs> I want the Padres to win one World Series too. You know. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, well, Green, Green Bay won it with Vince Lombardi when I was five. That was my first. Uh, that was my first uh, hookup with football when I was a young boy. Was uh, the, the Packers? I thought. Yeah, the well, Packers lost tonight against Minnesota. That fire was down there. That fire was playing for the Minnesota. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, another another point, you know, another. Let's, let's, so I want to talk about what what impressed Jesus, and there was another uh, person that really impressed Jesus. 
this was a this was a woman who was a who she was one of the Canaanites, and um, you know the Canaanites uh, they were like they were like um, pretty much dogs. as far away as you could get the dogs. They were about as far away you could get from the children of Israel as you could get were the Canaanites, you know. But she comes, she she heard about Jesus. She knew who he was too. And she came up to him, and her daughter was sick, and she came up to him and she asked him, you know, if he would if she would if he would heal her her daughter and. You know, his disciples were looking at her going, man, Jesus, Jesus uh, man, get this dog away from us. And, you know, and Jesus, you know, he, 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 you know, he didn't, he probably was, he probably wanted to stay with the, uh, I guess the traditional, you know, uh, Israelite view of the Canaanites. He, I don't know what he was thinking. He was thinking something, you know, trying to trick his disciples. But he decided to take their side for a second and he said, you know, um, you know, he basically said she was a dog, and he says, you know, if I if I help you out, it'd just be like taking the meat away from the children and feeding it, giving it to the dogs. And she said, that's true, Lord, but even even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Yeah. And Jesus was really impressed with that one. He was really impressed. He said, "Great is thy faith, woman." Yeah. You know, Great is your faith. Your daughter is healed. Yep, your daughter's healed, and uh, he did that one by remote control too. And that, I mean, I don't Matthew know that chapter, That's in Matthew chapter fifteen. Yep. Yeah, and Luke and, uh, sixteen twenty-one. Now, um, maybe um, we should have Rick just read that part because he just he guys just heard that via Johnny speak, and uh, it'd probably be better if Rick actually read that scripture right to you. Let's see, Matthew chapter fifteen. Let's see. Matthew chapter 15, it's, And behold, a woman, this is starting at verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out, out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, Great is thy faith. Lead unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. And that's, uh, that's Matthew, uh, 22 through 28. Matthew 15, 22 through 28 on the verses if you want to check that. And, and notice, besides of her faith, in she came and worshipped him. She went beyond her faith. She went oh, yeah. with faith and worshipped him. She worshipped. I mean, imagine that. She worshipped him. What, is, what does it really mean that she worshipped him? Even beyond that. Now, they can understand what Jesus did. Because she knew. You know? She knew. You, know, now, you don't worship somebody who you don't think is God. Yeah. And you worship she somebody who you think is God. She knew it. Now, she, and he she knew, called she him knew. by son of David. And 
in it, you know, you get, if you look at a Hebrew point of view, that's not David's son. That's, oh, that's she knew the prophecies. She knew the prophecies. She knew exactly who it was. She knew her Bible. Yeah. Who were... Yeah, and Canaanite who really studied the scriptures. Yeah. She knew more than the Pharisees. Well, she probably was, you know, some people, uh, I've, I've been told, you know, in some commentaries believe that she was a Samaritan woman. Another one. But, uh, because of the fact that, uh, and she says the one, Canaan is that area right there. And, uh, you know, that's the, the ancient area, you know. And, uh, you know, they were very well versed because Jacob built the well and Samaritans had worshipped on a hill instead of a, you know, or the mountain instead of the, the temple, so. My dad you know. called BS, my dad called BS on me one time. He said, oh, they were being good Samaritans. I said, dad, you know what good Samaritans means? You know, you know what, you know why they say good Samaritans? And he goes, uh, no, well, I don't think I even care. I said, well. Yeah. Samaritans were actually the Samaritans were actually badass dudes that were bad. So, like when you had a good one, that was like a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this was that Jews were actually Jews were really racist people (laughs) too. So yeah, you know, uh, the Samaritans might not have been such a bad dudes, but to the Jews, they were pretty bad. Yeah, they they called them dogs, so that's why that's why I was saying, uh, yeah, you know, because you know Peter, <laughs> Peter, and all them are Jews. Like, yeah, get this, just get this dog away from. And then see, Jesus said that, you know, like you can see what he, he did. To, he didn't think she was a dog, but he was probably trying to. I don't know. Yeah. He was probably you know trying what he, to teach them a lesson. Yeah, it was trying to teach yeah. them a lesson, probably. Yeah, you know, just, they all probably learned think something. A woman great is thy faith. Be it yeah. to be even as thou wilt, and her daughter yeah. was made whole from that very hour. I mean, he just, what, did, what did the disciples think after that? You know, yeah. Well, actually, the highlight of this is let's see if the, let me see if there's the uh, look. You know, the other one. This is the only story, probably, but. Um, Wow, this is great. This is old woman. I guess, be it. I guess that's it. So it's old woman, great. And Jesus heard he marveled and said to them that follow Zerius, I have not found so good a faith, no, that is it. That was about Cornelius, as you said earlier. That's in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. For everyone who wants to look at that and read it. And, uh, who's your other guy that you think of? I was going to say Peter. That well, he I, I wanted to give an example. Now, I give two examples of, of of people that Jesus was really impressed with as far as their faith was concerned. Yeah. I want to give another another couple examples of uh, dudes that Jesus was not impressed by their faith. And uh, one of them was when uh, when uh, Jesus was walking on the water and called out to Peter, and Peter, you know, good, you know, he got out of the boat and started walking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Your faith right there, I mean, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Right, okay, but uh, the wind started blowing and the waves started kicking up and then he got scared, he lost his faith and he started just sinking. Just as he was about to go under, Jesus caught him with one arm and pulled him back up and said, Oh, ye of little faith. You, you had Why it. Why did you, you have it? 
You had it there well, for a minute, but you lost it. He got scared not just by the distractions, but also in the thought of this can't be happening, you know, and then, I, bam. Yeah. So yeah, that, he really, yeah, say that again. Yeah, say that again. It, you know, even though the, he, it was kind of frightened with all the storm and stuff, I, I don't think, you know, it was also that he just went, this, I can't be doing it. This is, this is not happening. You know? Yeah, and that's so what I'm I'm actually walking on water because I believe, well, because I believe, you know, he had that thought and then this is, that's, some of us, this is, that's how we are. That's exactly how, how each and every one of us on this planet is, you know? Are we, condition, are we conditioned that way, you know? From, yeah, from and childhood? Yeah, we're conditioned like that, but yeah, it's, it's also our flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. You know? Yeah. That's what Paul said, so. He looked around his flesh, told him, wait a minute, you can't walk on water. That's, 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 like, not, that's not even possible. The, the commentary is, our Lord's purpose being now answered, he openly commended her faith, and he assured her that her daughter was healed. Because that's... And that's how, that's, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's back to teaching his disciples a lesson there. You know, they, he openly visited her in front of her in front of everybody where he had just rebuked her before, you know. So he was he was kind of you know what he was doing he was laying kind of a foundation for all the rest of us. I don't know about you, but I'm not Jewish. Yeah, I'm, I I have Hebrew blood, but you know it's uh, that Probably. I know about. But I I never was raised it, nor was I'm from Israel, so I'm an American. Yeah. I'm probably a Canaanite. I'm probably a Canaanite. My great great grandpa's probably Canaanite. Yeah, you know, and Canaanite I have dog. Roman blood too, so it, it really doesn't matter. I'm just I'm from America. This is where I was born, and it doesn't matter. You know, I'm you know, Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was a Chaldean. <laughs> so it's yeah, that's true. even even though God chose Abraham, through him became the line of Israel. You know, lions of Israel, and then the Son of God came through that line. Uh, it was still for man. If you go back, you know, to the Son, you know, from Abraham all the way back to the Adam, you know, that's the line. That's the bloodline I always talk about. And, uh, you know, it's, it's mankind that God so loved the world, the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish. But have everlasting life, and there it goes. That's isn't it? it's whether Jew or Greek, as Paul said. You know, right? He was a Jew that was uh, to go to the Gentiles. Because of course, he was a Roman citizen. What better person to send him? And you know, um, and they believe. You know, and John, all right down the line is to show us that it wasn't just the Jews that were chosen; it's those that believed. And there was, if you look in the Old Testament, there was all. You know, Job was not a Jew either. No, you know. And uh, and there's people that have believed all the way down the line, and I believe I always call that there were you know people born again in the Old Testament. Of course, there was you know, and uh, here he, when Jesus was born, you know, before the foundation of the world, that faith. You look in the Old Testament on the great faith of all the in the prophets. Look at their faith, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. look at look at look at Ezekiel's faith, you know. Look what oh, he had yeah. to do. Lay on his side for what, a couple of years maybe? Yeah, he was uh, I mean, cooking, thank God he was going to cook with his own human feces and then he cooked in cow food and cow feces and everybody's like, oh, you know, and 
just the things he did do because he knew, he believed. And then, you know, Daniel's faith, you know, his example of praying through the window when they told him that he couldn't pray. And he opened the windows and made sure everybody saw him praying just because of that, you know. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah, even though he was the weeping prophet, you know, and, of course, you could tell what he went through, you know. And then, you know, you got Elijah who, you know, wanted to give up as well, you know. But he believed, but he just wanted to give up, you know. And just, he, but they still had great faith, you know. And keep going on. Even Jonah, yeah. even Jonah, as messed up as he was, he still has. He had the faith know. the whole time. He believed. He had the faith. Had, he understood. Had, there was no doubt in his mind that God was real. It was the same God. And, you know, of course, he didn't believe that he, he believed he could run away from God, but... Uh, no, he was chosen. <laughs> yeah, so, he was. You know, he got thrown up by, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine being, you know, alive in the belly of a, a fish, you know. Whatever uh, that even what was worse, what was, worse was. That was, what was worse than that was with the task that God had given him in the first place. I would not want to, I would not want that task. No, you can't so, imagine so what the Neom- Neomites were like, from Nehemiah, you know. Or Nineveh, Yeah. He had to go and warn them, which were basically Assyrians. Yeah. <laughs> he had to go warn the Assyrians about their... And they skin people alive until, you know, they skin their that'd be like going into, That'd be like going into Compton and warning the gangsters. Yeah. Or even worse. It's a Compton analogy there. It's like going in the middle of the, you know, San Francisco with all the gays and... and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And pray that they you wear a cap on you, though. I don't know. Oh, they but... wouldn't hurt you, though. Except they wouldn't hurt you like the gangsters would. Oh, oh no. no. San Francisco, San Francisco they're they have very violent gay people there, okay? Yeah. Very violent. Believe me, the, yeah. the homosexual movement, they are very violent. They are not I know. people think they are. They are Down very there. violent people. Very wicked and violent. There's some big old boys, I'll tell you what. I'm telling you, I have, you know, you can go right on, uh, there's Christians that all they did is sell sign, and all they said on their signs is, we are praying for you. And there was no offensive sign to them whatsoever. This was after the marriage thing happened. And yeah. all they did is they went to, the, these people went down there, and there's a video on it, you can find it on YouTube. And you can see their signs, and they all they did is hold candles, said, we are praying for you in this community, you know, for you to be safe. And that's all we did. And these people were throwing things at them, bottles at them, uh, trying to, yelling, killing people. They wanted to kill these Christians. And they had to get a police escort. The police had to escort them out of of there. And I thought these people, that was faith to me, that these people, and they did not argue with them. All they did is continue praying, continue walking their guitar, and you, these, these, I'm telling you, these, I, I, I was like, this is what these people are. You know, anybody, if, you know, not just them, but anybody that's in the wickedness, but this is, they did this, and all they said is they were praying for them. They didn't say anything else offensive. Nothing. This was just after the gay marriage that, you know, yeah, after November. It's a spiritual warfare, and, yeah. you know, as soon as you, you say you're praying for them, well, you know, that's, you're commit, you're doing, you're committing a spiritual, act of spiritual warfare, and they're spiritual. Yeah, it wasn't an act, they were called, you know, they did it because that's what needed to be done. 
you know, and they, they're not, you don't have to run and hide. You're out, you know, these people have a right to portray their face as well as the gay person, you know, doesn't want to you know, portray his face, you know, or, or does. And so they have every right and, uh, just the opposite shows you who's doing, you know, they know they're going out in spiritual warfare and this is what we're called to, you know, to be in the world but not of the world. You know, and we got to be as lights, and we don't hide our lights under bushels at all. You know, you go out, and like I said, nobody's going to stop me from advertising my bumper stickers on the back of my car. I've been flipped off. I've been, you know, all kinds of stuff because of what I put on my car, you know. And, uh, you know, like, stop your immorality, and maybe God will bless America again. You know, and that, that's just to everyone, not just, you know, to, you know, the gay person and also the Greek, you know. <laughs>
he renounced he renounced it once he found out what it was all about near the end of his life he renounced his yeah, he just, he
So uh, he was the first progressive. So you can go on with that line and see no, the others. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't think Teddy uh, Roosevelt was in. What's that? It's the Tower of Babel. We're trying to build another another Tower of Babel. Well, they did that in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> they, well, have, they, they have a they have one built. Oh, really? They have well, you know the the Brussels, Belgium. They have the building they always call the. Uh, they said that that was according to the specs of uh, the Tower of Babel. It's in Brussels, Belgium. It's where the World Economic Center is, or something. And that's what the actually that's, that's where the, the, the new world order. order. Yeah, it's where the ECC I think meets at. It's in the building, and uh, you know. But then again, you say that the UN Tower, right, is the the other one, and so you know it goes on and on. There's three cities that have that that, that are like, but Bab- you know, wherever Babylon is, is you know, you know they could say it's New York City, you know. Uh, yeah, but I think the whole, the whole world City. system is Babylon. So because exactly, it's I think it's the whole world system because it's the same exactly. thing. We're all the languages. Everybody's Babylon, you know. So it's that system. But like I said. When Christ comes down and he lands his feet, it's all going to burn. <laughs> it's just going to burn, man. When he steps down with his feet on the Mount of Olives, it's all going to burn. <laughs> it's done. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, that's what the post-millennialists believe. And, uh, you know, that's Charles Spurgeon and uh, Jonathan Edwards, you know, they just believe that they, the second coming is just, it's, you know, and you read the uh, Westminster Confessions on Judgment Day, that's that's going to happen. So, you know, um, you know, it, it all depends on where does your faith lie? And, you know, is your faith in things of the world or your faith in Christ? That means including your trust and your belief, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, it all comes back to faith, and and then this, the whole new world order thing is the faith in the world, you know. There it the faith is. In the world is faith in humankind. And that's why I don't know, really talk about let's, this. It's like the Tower of Babel. Let's all unite and 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 build our own bridge to God. And well, yeah. that's not. You know, and it's like uh, there's still the yeah. See, I like the saying. My favorite saying now is every day. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. Nothing is Amen. ever new. There's nothing new. Solomon said it. The greatest, one of the greatest kings in the world besides King David, his son. There is nothing new under the sun. And so what is coming is nothing new. You're going to just go, oh, you know, and you're a Christian. You're just going to say, this is the same thing all over again. You know, you know, like we with our current administration, you just go, well, this guy's trying to do exactly the same. They're all saying, and he's building up the same cabinet of the same people that we're, all these other socialist countries are doing. But I know it's going to fail here. You know? so, I don't even think I don't even think iPods and Chevys are new. I think those have been around in ancient times before. I don't know. No, some people believe that the anti Lewins had it all. I mean, I mean, they, you know, they could have had flying yeah, and iPods and Chevys. You know, but that, that that comes on speculation now. That's that's it what does, I think. It does. But it's it's like I said, and it's a cool theory. It really is. I really I don't knock any theory. You know, I just go. I mean, I would like to think that the men of uh, you know of before the flood, you know, they lived nine hundred years. Come on, they had to accomplish something like this. You know, 
I mean, I mean, who knows? We've gone you know? from horse and buggy. We've gone, We went from horse and buggy to a man on the moon in sixty-nine years. I mean, yeah, exactly. Please, you know, come so, on. How long know, does it take? <laughs> and God, God's hand was on it the whole time. So it was. You know, and uh, his hand is all completely in it. So he's in, in all of it. He's the sovereign God. And as I tell everybody, God is sovereign. He's in control of it all. Every, all the eschatology, all the things that come, all the prophecies that people are so concerned about, God is in control of it all, so let God be God and understand his word. Of him speaking that all the prophecies that you read in John, like I, I always tell people this too, Revelations is, is not a prophetic book in a sense. John was not a prophet. What John is doing is he's taking all what the prophets has written, and when he saw his visions, the little visions that he has, it was not, you know, just a vision. Just like Paul wasn't a prophet, he was an apostle. You know, they weren't. And they saw all those things are exactly what the prophets already taught. And so to understand Revelations, you got to understand what the prophets taught. You know, and that's well, I mean, it. it mirrors Daniel mostly. No, actually, it doesn't. It, Daniel's only a small part. Daniel's only, like, uh, it's probably... You know, uh, when he's talking about the beast system, it's Revelation 13, is Daniel, probably, you know, and, and you go, you gotta well, go, saying, look, look at Daniel. In many yeah, ways, Revelation, Revelation 13, but, it, you know, and people go through the mark and they're worried about this RFID chip and stuff like that, and they're you know, going off on all this other stuff that I'm going, well, to understand what the mark is, you gotta go, it's in, it's in, it'll exactly say it's on your mark on your right hand or forehead, but, you, when you look it up in scripture, it, you know, and you kind of cross-reference those words in scripture, it totally gives you a different meaning than what this mark of the beast are, if it's going to be this computer chip in your hand, or which would be stupid to put on you anyway, because, it's, you know, why would you want something that's, elect, you know, it's going to kill you if you put it in your body anyway, you know? You, silicone's not good for your bloodstream, you know? <laughs> you know? So... You yeah, know, I differ with you. I differ with you greatly well, on that. You can so. diff you all you want. I mean, I'm telling you. I'm not dissing you. I'm not dissing you. I say I differ. No. I know you said differ. And I said don't think of it's anything that could be earthly made. So well, it has to be able to sell your soul, and it's something that's spiritual. It's never physical. Because well, it's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, when it comes Never to the mark of the beast, though, I mean, it's pretty clear. I mean, you, you take the mark or you won't be able to buy or sell. I mean, it's very, it's pretty much Yeah, well, they already have that system white. in place. They already have it somewhere already in place. That's, if you're, if you're a Muslim and you don't, and you're in a Muslim country and it's strictly Muslim and you're a Christian and you don't bow down to their and do their ways, you will, you could die or, you know, and get your head chopped off or, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't get nothing. If you are a Jewish Christian in the land of Israel, okay? We've had this argument before. Yeah. I guess I keep telling the same thing, and it's what the Bible completely talks about. Yeah, you know? but I mean... It, they, explains the, it explains the mark in the Bible. I think Jeffrey Manti has something like that on there. He shows you what... He kind of pointed it out. In his book, The Prophecy Code... I forgot to say a shout-out to him, though, late in the show. In his book, Prophecy Code 2, which is coming out... You know, you can go to my website... Or you can go to the Iron Show website now, or you can go to uh, uh, my American Moral Liberties Onion, which is my other, my political uh, side, the political side of me. 
And uh, you can get it there, too. And his, his is coming out. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll send you that book, Johnny, when he gets it to me. You know what I mean? Right on, yeah. I'd like to read it. Yeah, yeah you can read it. About talk about it. Have him on the show. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I, we, we need to get some guests on here. I wanted yeah. to say one thing out, the, out to the listeners, though, is that, see, me and Richard, uh, we... We're, we get real different when it comes to like prophecy and when it comes to like the ancient things in the in but the uh, antediluvian world. Remember that we oh. shouldn't be. We should never be well, different. This, should be in full well, agreement with each other. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the Bible says. Yeah, we shouldn't be. All we have to do is agree with you, and we're okay, right? No, right? no. It says the Bible says <laughs> we, we have to agree together. You know, we come to I agreement. Know, but, when it comes that to this stuff, I just want the, I just want the listeners to know when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, when it comes to like the mark of the beast and the end times, I see it totally different than than Richard. He would probably put me over in the sci-fi category, but there's a difference. There's a difference between me and a lot of the people in that camp, and the reason and the difference is is that I don't want to I don't want to be right. I want to know the truth, and if all that stuff is wrong, then so be it. What I want to do is come together on the truth, and ultimately maybe we can uh, discover this stuff together. Because there's one thing about me is that I don't want to be right. I just want to know the truth. Whatever it is, I want to know what it is. Yeah. You know, the opposite. I gotta be. I have to be right. It's not. I want to be right or am right. You know what, Richard? I'd say that's something you need to work on, white boy. Yeah, I mean, it's, you get a, get a don't misunderstand me. I have to be right. It's not saying that uh, that not I'm over anybody else. I have to be right. I want to make sure that what I'm speaking is the truth. And if it's not, and I lead somebody astray, that would be that's the worst thing I can ever think of. That's what I mean. Oh, I know. That's how serious I take it. Is that uh, is I want to make sure that I am in the truth. The Bible tells us that make sure you no, know, you are in the truth. That your your feet is shod, you know, or you know, covered. Your shoes are the gospel. They're they're covered in it. You're walking in it. You know that you, it's your whole armor. Make sure it's that armor. It's the right armor. You know, it's the shield of faith. It's what you saw. It's the facts. It's everything. So you know, because you know. In the book of James, it says, you know, you better, you know, you better have, you know, you better have be in the truth. You better not, you know, anything else, like your opinions, everything, because it's not about what you think or what I think. You know, it's just make sure that you're 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 right in what you believe. Your your faith is sure. You know, there it is. That's true. Yeah, your That's true. Is sure. There's no there's no ifs ands or anything. Just remember, there's make sure flat. sure oh, of your faith. But. No, there's no big butts. Not at all. Yeah, there's a big butt. There's a big butt. Work out your salvation with much fear and trembling. I know, but when it comes to end time stuff and antiluvian stuff, I mean, we really, we, I don't, you want to say you know, but I, I don't think you know. I mean, I call BS on that. We, none of us really know about that stuff, but we need to know for sure who Jesus is. We need to know who Jesus is. We need to know he's God. We need to know that he died for our sins. And we need to know that that's the only hope we have. And Buddha won't get us there. Krishna won't get us there. The Dalai Lama is not going to get us there. 
There's it's not entertaining. It's not really BS when you say there's, there's 15 different eschatological positions. There's only one, and that's the truth. And actually, there's just the only one that, the only one that we one know. Is, right. There's only one that's right, and it's Judgment Day. And we can all agree that, it, that, that we're I think we can agree on that. Day. Yeah, there's going to be a judgment. Jesus is going to judge sin. It's going to happen. And it's the judgment day, and there's just that appointed day, and that's what we're all, that's what we should all be looking for, is just that appointed and day. And we should also be, we should also be, be believing in Jesus before that day comes, because when that day comes, if you don't believe when that day comes, it's going to be too late. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it's just the Westminster Confessions basically speak it all out to us in such the simplest form. Uh, and that all those, all those, Bunches of minis of people got together and agreed on that, uh, uh, you know, on all that. And they just, when they, they brought up the end times, this is exactly what they said at the end, you know, and they focused more on the man, you know, what's going to happen to the man that's not saved and the final judgment. And that, that's all they did. You know, that's basically, that's going to be the coming. And that's what they believe. And, uh, yeah, because we see, we're all going to have our own end time. Oh, that's, our, that's what I said before. You know, our end yeah. can come at any minute. Yeah. So Each one of us, each, every we're, single one of us is going to have our own version of the end times. And it's like, say, what's talking the future about the last day of your life? Nothing new under the sun. All you have to do, you want to know what's going to happen in the future? Just go read what happened in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's as simple as that. There's nothing... Yeah. There's nothing to be afraid of, you know. Fear God, you know, because after death, He can throw you into the eternal flames. Whether you've done yeah. good or whether you've done bad, you know, it comes down to your body. You know, it, He can throw you, like I said, He, whatever you've done, been Mr. Righteous your whole life, you, you believe in Christ, you confessed, you led worship, you were a pastor, whatever, not saying that. You know, once converted, I believe it's always converted, but um, saying that if you did that, God, anyway, if if he willed, he could still throw you in hell whether you believed in him or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, he can do and, what he wants. And, but he promised, his promise he didn't do that. But it's like I said, we're in God's hands regardless, whether we're in hell or whether we're, we're standing before him in all his glory with everlasting life. And that's, that's kind of a David Brainerd thing, if you ever know who David Brainerd was. was yeah, the, on the narrow path, on the narrow path today, uh, Steve Gregg was talking about. He's saying that uh, everybody's going to glorify God, whether you're whether you're a Christian and you're going to heaven with Jesus, or whether you're a sinner, sinner you know, you're an unbeliever and you're going to hell. I mean, you're both you're both going to glorify God. It's just which 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 way do you want to do it? Yeah, and it's like I said. And that comes still all comes back to faith, isn't it? Yeah, it really does. It comes back to faith. God put and the, He put you were born with that faith, but then again, Christ, when you became born again, He put that faith into trusting Him, believing Him, because you became grafted in, and He into the vine, the, the vine that was there from the beginning, and uh, there He is, and it's the best thing that ever happened to this world. He's the most satisfying thing, and I'm saying satisfying person uh, above all things. You know, God is God is 
our source of satisfaction. Nothing else is. Nothing could ever be. He is it because he is our life. And you know what I mean? He is our life. He gave us yeah, life. Yeah, even people who are even people who are rich and they have everything. There's a big old empty hole in their life. God, Jesus is the only thing that can satisfy uh, you. Like I said, really. And Jesus only also said they have their reward now too. If that's their reprobated mind, you know. God also gives reprobate minds too. But they're yeah. not satisfied. Those people aren't satisfied. You people out there in the world, you know. You know, You're I was thinking satisfied. about that. You know, Johnny, I was thinking about that real deep. You know what I mean? I was thinking about hell. And, you know, how hell has been portrayed throughout history. And uh, kind of like, you know, Dante's Inferno, you know, the whole divine comedy. Oh, yeah. how, and how, you know, and then Jesus talked about, you know, uh, Lazarus, you know, the poor beggar man who had all the sores on him and stuff, and and the rich man, and how the rich man was in hell, and he said, I'm tormented in this flame. But you think about it, you know, and, and most of us probably know this, but you think about that. No, no, no human on this earth right now understands what actually being separated from God is like. Oh, no. Uh-uh, we, you know. His hand. Although, although, if you do enough methamphetamine and, and when it wears <laughs> off, when it's wearing off, Would you, you can get a, just a glimpse of that. <laughs> actually, in the middle of that lifestyle, you can, you can feel like you're separated from them. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I get carried away sometimes. That's okay. I do, too. See, that's the thing. That hell, we can try to visualize, it's like, even with the end times. It's like we visualize what we think hell's going to be. And, you know, people can argue, and there was arguments about that already, and that's why, you know, Dante created his, there's, you know, books out, uh, Back from Hell, or 90 Minutes in Hell, that came out, and there's another one called 23 Minutes in Hell. And, uh, you know, people were, in, in, the person, I think her name was, last name was Ferguson. No, no, that, that was, sorry, that's a different book. Or somebody that was out there preaching that they'd been to hell or they saw hell or the Lord gave them vision of hell. And what I see in his word is it has nothing to do with what they try to preach to people. And uh, like I said, maybe some people will be upset that I'm speaking against those. I'm not really speaking against them. I'm just thinking that when you really come down to it, that you know, hell is actually being separated. We don't know what that separation is from God is like. Because we breathe his air, you know. Um, our whole body is, you know, our heart is moving because of him. He had, he set the time limit for our heart to stop, you know, for this flesh to end. You know, there's, there's a time limit that we, we don't even know about. But you, you imagine the separation from God. I mean, we can't even conceive of that. We really can't, right? Well, when we're living, you know, alive on this, you know, this planet, we can't. That hell is going to be a eternal separation from God. We don't mean that. And, and imagine if we think, you know, when we're in our tweaker-isms, right, you know, and we're coming down and all that stuff and things are just miserable and before we came to Christ, you know, and the horrified feelings that we have sometimes and, you know, all those other things. You know, imagine just being in that state, but, you know. Forever and ever. But worse, it would be worse than that because God is not with us anymore. I mean, that's I mean even like even 
Even if you're coming down, if you if you're coming down off the tweak and and like the worst depression you can imagine, ghosts flying through your head and stuff and everything, and and people walking over your grave like, uh, you know, um, that's not you. Jesus is still there. Just think if he wasn't, how bad yeah. would that be? Yeah, you, you know, know the heroin is kicking right now. The alcoholic is going through the DTs and the smoker that's going through the you know the Nick Fitz now and. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I just, I was thinking about it the other day, just, you know, hell, it's nothing, a degree, fire, what are, you know, what even the Greeks thought it was, you know, Hades. And I see that, that some of the Christians want to believe it's this and that, but you know what, we don't, it's, the thing is, you can't even conceive of the eternal separation of God. No, and that is the ultimate hell that would ever be because you know when we fear right here we still have God with us so would it, you know our fear doesn't go as far you know he, only, he I think God only lets us go as far as it can you know yeah. uh, I mean some people yeah, I say that. you know and, and some people will fear themselves to death and God will allow that but um, even you know uh, you know you could say some you know some of the martyrs probably feared when they went but they stood boldly enough and knew where they were going you know, so, you know, can't really say the martyrs, you know, they went through all that torture and stuff, and he let them only go so far and took them, right? But you think, though, just, you know, that whole that fear, horror, anger, all these things, and God won't be there. God's not going to be there, you know? It's, I mean, he's going to be there, you know, I make my bed in hell, you are there. He'll be there, but he won't. he'll be separated from us truly separated from us, you know? Not like the separation he was when uh, man fell. There was a separation that happened, and, of course, everything that came with it, but this this is complete eternal separation because... Yeah, you don't know how cold that can be. I mean, because, you know, you people out in the world listening to this, you're not Christians and stuff, you know? You know, you, you think, well, what well, big deal? Separated from God, oh, big deal. I'm already separated from God. Well, no. No, you're not. You're, he's with you now. I mean, he's, you're breathing his air. Yeah, you've lived under his umbrella your whole life. You have no idea what it would be like without God there. You, know? you don't. And this, this, you know, him coming into him, it's like America. One thing is that, you know, that most Americans, you know, it, it, when they did that poll that, you know, that most Americans, I, I bet there's, you know, 99% of Americans right now and, and throughout always understood there's a God. There's not, you know, the atheists ain't that big, you know. The other no, religions, not that many. The other religions are not that, you know, not as huge. I mean, you could say the Muslims are huge, but, you know, they believe in a God. But you imagine that, you know, there, there's not a lot. You know, in America, we know what our country was you know, founded truly on. Besides, you know, everybody wants to bring in the Freemasons and all that other stuff. Yes, but that's just a small part. We know that they were what they were founded on because, uh, and that's why America's, you know, judgment's really happening in America, you know, is because of the fact that we know. We, we were a light that God created to the world, and that's why we had such a good system for 200 years, you know, and that's why so many people want to destroy what we have. It's because what we were, what our, we were truly founded on, and uh, even though others could say what they want, but I still see that that we've actually been the only country, you know, uh, 
I think, ever in the history of the world uh, that has actually had, uh, you know, an actual system working that was fair and balanced, you know. Besides, you know, I can I can say Israel, because, you know, we got that from Israel, but we were actually, you know, in Christ, the, the, the true, you know, we had the true church of God, which we see, you know, the city of God, you know, reigning here as in until, you know, we go to the city of God that's in heaven, the church in heaven. But that's what we were based on. and. You just imagine that all these people don't realize that if God moves his hand from us, you know, which he's judging us now, imagine if that full socialism was in power, you know? And oh, yeah. And we do go to prisons and semen camps, and these things do happen, you know? You could, I could say there's never a possibility that that cannot happen. I say it's not going to happen because there's a lot of Americans waking up, because I do believe that revival is possible, and I do understand that God will delay. He has before. There's nothing new under the sun. He did it with the Ninevites. He can do it for us again if we all come back to the realization, which I see most Americans are doing, you know. Uh, I mean, Fox News is the only one that's reporting it, but there's people waking up, so we continue to pray for a revival to happen. I'm telling everybody, please pray for a revival. It is possible, you know. Oh yeah, there's a great there's a great revival that's happening and coming. I mean, uh, this is Again. not the great this is not the Anastasia right now. I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe this is the great falling away. I don't believe uh, no, that's I, happening yet. I believe that happens throughout time in every generation. The great falling away yeah. is just. Uh, I think there'll be a well, there'll, there'll be a, you know as far as the Antichrist, the prophecies of the Antichrist. There has to be a great falling away before he can appear. I'm still looking into the Antichrist thing and stuff. I'm looking, looking to do all of it. But stop believing. Yeah, but it. what I'm trying to say is, yeah, what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is, is that I don't think that we're looking at the great falling away right now. I think we're seeing a great revival. I think there's a great revival happening. I think it's rather the opposite. Because we right had, now. you know, we had the great awakening in the 1700s throughout the 1800s, the yeah. beginning, and uh, into the 20th century. And I think I believe it stopped in the in the fifties because after that was a great falling away happened. Uh, it really did. And uh, nineteen sixty one, it did happen. There was a great falling away that happened starting in nineteen sixty one when they took prayers out of the school. I mean, that was for the world because the world ha- has always been watching America after you know the couple world wars that we have and the Korean War and uh, what we did in that and how, you know, actually a lot of people think that, you know, I can't believe that they would think that what we did in those horrendous wars uh, happened. But you know that out of we're, – we're a country that actually – we even spared the Germans, even what they did to the, you know, the Israelites right there. I mean, the, the soldiers, right? That our soldiers just saw these other soldiers, the German soldiers, and respected them. Speak to their troops, you know, and they, they put them, you know, they, some people got busted for their war crimes, sort of, you know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. um, <laughs> imagine that during the war, Americans had compassion on the enemy. Even though yeah. we blew them up, and we, we did, because we had to, we were defending ourselves. And, you know, we went in those places to defend. But, uh, and we were the aggressor, but, you know, it's, so many people think, you know, you look at these news or these, these new administrations uh, are blaming us. We were actually, America, as becoming a nation, had more compassion on the enemy than any country in history. 
Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. You, you totally, and that, you know, that's why, because we had faith in God we trust. And yep. But after the 60s, you know, that's why you saw what happened after 1961. Okay, now this is a speculation. This is theoretical, okay? But, uh, like I said, I'm not saying this is concrete. It just, it just, it seems like this, that it happened, the Vietnam War was so terrible, and these, you know, wars that are going on right now are kind of terrible. Right? It's because we've, we've, we've stopped praying to God since 1961. You can see that was a falling away. And look what, what has happened in America since then. Except for Reagan, by the way. Reagan tried to bring us back, even though he had some, you know, problems in his own, you know, with his wife being into astrology and stuff. But still, he was still, you know, had his ideas, but he still was a good president by the way, in the midst of the muck that was going on, even though he went to a Bohemian Grove, some will say, and whatever accusations you can make, they want to say about him, he still was a great president, and he still, he still believed in God. If you read his, if anybody ever reads his last words or his memoirs before he died, you'll see what, what he really stood on, you know, and of course, I, I've, I've always, I've always, I love Ronald Reagan, and my uncle used to make saddles for him. So, you know, I, I, I never met the man, but I always felt that he was a great president, you know, and uh, out of all the presidents, you know. But, you know. Well, it, I'm trying to take the opposite view, uh, though. I, I I maintain that America is still a great Christian nation, and yeah. uh, I don't, I really think we are. I mean, uh, there's so many people, especially in the church right now, who say we're not. But no, I really I'm not think, saying that we're really not. Think, I just think, I think that's we are. I think we are. A, there's a church on every dang corner in America. I know. Oh, um, you know, there's, yeah, we, what they want to do is they want to attack, uh, America's character just because yeah. of our porno industry and Hollywood and stuff. Well, it's a very, very small minority of us. You know, most yeah. of us, you know, most of us are Christians in America. America's still a Christian nation. No, no, it really still is. Still is. No, I'm not saying, but I said we did have a falling away because of tolerance for these things, that, you know, and not really, you know, in, you know, like 1973, abortion started happening. We became, you know, there's things that we have become, you know, and uh, I'm not saying that America is all bad because 80% is still, they say they're confessing born again Christian. That's a Barnum report that was taken a little while ago. So we know that we're still a Christian nation. For the most part, even though our president, current president now, says that we're not, you know, right, right. So he's the I first know. president. He's the first president that said that we are not a Christian nation in history. I don't think any wrong. other. I think he's wrong. Well, yeah, he, I, I think he doesn't know any better. You know, I just think he's a puppet. So, but then again, all of them mostly are. But uh, I really surely don't think. That's for your boy Reagan, right? What? Yeah, I think uh, Rano had it. He, he was, if you just really read the character and of all the bad speculation things they had, we know where that came from. He really did, you know, he was like, he, he stood out amongst, you know, from Nixon and Carter and uh, Lyndon B. Johnson and, uh, you know, Hoover. And, oh, Johnson uh, was a crook. Johnson killed Kennedy. And, and uh, who knows? Some some people say that I I don't know. Kennedy had the right idea because he was very Catholic, and uh, you know, of course, his brother who just passed away, God rest his soul, 
uh, didn't see eye to eye with his brother, obviously, because his brother was very conservative, uh, John F. Kennedy. But, uh, you know, there's some things that, you know, where he came from, I can't say nothing that she shouldn't have been shot, you know. But uh, I don't think he was progressive either. <laughs> his dad was a bootlegger. <laughs> I think he was a capitalist. But uh, Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. You know. A lot of people say that America is just missing in prophecy, but there's also there's also a number of people that will, that will point us out as far as uh, prophecy. You know, we're part of the prophecy. There's nothing new under the sun. We're still, we're America, we're still, you know, I, whatever you want to say, anybody has their, their own eschatological idea, like you said, uh, but, you know, America is part of whatever is in scripture, so, it, you know, it is, you know, it's not named America in scripture, or the United States of America, it's just still that same, you know, Greco-Roman uh, system, probably, as Jeff Manti would put it, that we are, you know, it, we are mixed with clay, and we have been, but we're still the iron legs, you know. You know but we're oh, now we're the iron mixed with clay? Is that what Does you're saying? He, actually, I, if we have, we've been like that for such a long time that, uh, you know, it have been because it's still the the two iron feet, the iron legs. You know the iron legs was the Greco-Roman system. I don't, I never believed that we... They, some people believe in the revived Roman Empire, but you can't. The Roman Empire is part of the Greco. It's Greco-Roman, so it hasn't left. It, it's not going to be revived. It's already been revived. It's been here for the monarchies. They, they, they've kept the same line going on. You know, it's it hasn't really died. And in America, America is you know continued its existence, except it made it more freer. So you know, it brought us back to it. So. If, Maybe America, if they want to say there was a revived Roman Empire, I say there was a revived, you know, it wasn't revived. It was just, it, it came to life in America. It could have been, you know. But that's just still speculation. I don't know. Yeah, you know, the Iron Mixed with Clay, I don't see that anywhere near way, the way you see it. I see that as I don't, uh, like I said, I, it mixed and mingled with Clay. As, uh, why does it mingle with Clay? What? Why doesn't why doesn't iron mix with clay? I mean, it says that in Daniel. Why iron mix? It doesn't. It doesn't mix. Actually, it doesn't hold nothing together. But why it's does crumble. it crumble? Why does it say in Daniel that it doesn't mix with clay? In Daniel, look it up. It says but Jeff Manti will, has, will, has the Hebrew says, word. What it really means, and he has the Hebrew they'll, word. They'll, they'll, it says they'll seek to see, mix their seed with the seed of man. But it shall not. But they shall not cleave one to another. In so much as iron is not mixed with clay, I've got that one memorized. Yeah. So and now we get it, <laughs> and that's a whole other topic. Yeah, we get in. that one we have to we have to bring uh, uh, Jeff Manti on for that one and Prophecy Go too. You should hear his idea. He 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 traced that that mixed mixed with clay that stuff like that. I have to reread his book again to kind of get a clear. I'm going to have to read it anyway before we bring him on. And uh, he has, I like his. He has a pretty cool idea of how he believes. I like his theory. I, I can't say that I agree with all of it. You know what I mean? Yet, but uh, it's a pretty cool idea. I like his idea better than Joe Rosenberg. So, <laughs> so Joe Rosenberg says what? Yeah, you know, he's the Epic Center, and he wrote. You know, he has his. Uh, 
ideas about his end times, but he's really well versed on the, uh, you know, the Middle East because he's a Jew, a Christian Jew. And, uh, oh. he endorsed Jeffrey's book, but I, I, I know I've, I could talk to Jeff, you know, and I, I can go, so what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Like what, what we do, but, you know. It's, yeah, that'd be great. Getting into, oh. get into eschatology, first of all, like I said, we have to read all fifteen of them. Yeah, we have to be, we have to really be versed in all fifteen before we can yeah. really have a and decent I, I conversation wrote, I could about it. Yeah, I could tell you all fifteen where this one goes and what they believe, and what this one goes and what they believe, and and I can go on and on and 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 say what is not what 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 was earlier when when this idea came out you know i'm I'm getting there I'm getting really pretty well versed in that of when these ideas like when amillennialism started and you know where post millennium post millennialism and amillennialism started with augustine you know and some of the early church I can go all the way back to that and say when this was I can go to you where the preachers where they started their belief you know. And go go off on this because I have a real full, well versed. I, I had to know it all. I had, I, I, that's how I found out there was fifteen of them. You know. Well, that's, like, that's what we should do in the next the next Iron Shows. We should uh, take a look, you know, at at a few of those on each show until we have yeah. all fifteen of them. Why don't we do that? We, we have to plan that. Yeah, I have to be get real. We have to study up really on that, and we'll do that. Um, bring that in the space. So, you know, and show you where our faith goes and where, you know, where we could be speculating. And, and like I said, I tell people just to go, look, you got to read it all. You can't just stand on one. You can't, it's not, that's not Berean. You just look at all of it and say, oh, I don't believe this. I don't, I don't go look it into it. Like, I won't believe that if I read it. I just go into it and read it anyway to see why, you know, how, you know, I just want to know it all. You know, and thus so, so far I tell everybody, I like the early, early church fathers understanding because, I now know they were closer to exactly what was going on, where everything was, you know, right out in front of them. And, you know, even though they, you know, didn't know future events, they knew that the Judgment Day was coming. And uh, and throughout history, they knew what to look for and what signs to look for. And uh, some were martyred at the time. So, like I said, it's been 2,000 years, and, you know, each generation has their version. You know what I mean? And uh, it doesn't matter. It's possible, although not probable, I don't believe it, but it's possible that we're as far away from the end times almost as they were. I mean, it could go a lot longer. Things could go a lot longer from now. It doesn't look like it, though, does it? it I, know really the Reform- I believe the Reformation was founded in Scripture. Uh, you know, and I believe the Great Awakening was part of that history of, in Scripture. I mean, it... No, but I mean, as far as eschatologically, as far as the end times... Yeah. Uh, do you think that Do you think that it's possible that we could go a whole lot longer? Yeah. Or we got to the actual end times? Yeah. You do? I... You, can, you know, who knows? There's no time for... There's no time for... God is going to come... When he comes, he's going to come any day now, you know, and he's going to, I, like I said, I understand he's going to come and there's that day appointed, you know, the day of the Lord, and that's judgment day. That's going to be the day, and he's going to, it's going to be one swift moment. This is, boom, he's here, you know, as lightning flashes from the east, from the west, let the son of man be, you know. Amen. Wow. 
and or you know or wherever wheresoever the corpse is, there will the eagles gather together. There you go. And the other thing is the other thing I I, I was just sitting there pondering some things, and listening and uh, it was yeah my pastor was speaking he was speaking on something whole different and but I was just sitting there and the other thing is you know just thinking about Pilgrim's Progress right. You know, my, you know, my, one of my favorite books of all time. Of course, I just love that book. John Lennon, you gotta read it. And, uh, Pilgrim's the Progress. Movie. Don't watch the movie. Read the book, then watch the movie. You know, cause there's a movie out, which is not bad, but the book, read the book and then watch that movie and then get excited. But the, the one day, the gate's gonna be closed. You know, the doors of the bridegroom, it's gonna be closed. And it, it just one day. It's the same thing as the lightning being flashed from the east and west. He's gonna close the door. He's going to, you know, it's going to be all one huge thing in one, you know, probably one instant, you know, in a moment. Bam! It's going to happen. The gates are closed, and those that are left outside the ark, you know, are going to be washed away by the flames. You know what I mean? And some people believe that, I, I mean, it's like if you're a Christian and you got the seal of God that's on your forehead at that moment, you're probably going to witness it all around you and nothing's going to touch you. Because you're in God's hands, you know what I mean, right there in that moment. And you're gonna, you know, this is just a, this was just a spot, just to let people know where, kind of where I'm at, you know. And I just, I just was thinking, you're just gonna stand there, wham, it's just gonna happen. You're like, wow, and you're gonna see the earth just be destroyed, but you're not, you're not gonna be destroyed, you know. You just, it's just all, you know. You might, you know, it's just be cool. It's, it was just a good, I, it was a good thought one time. It says the gate will be closed, and we're going to be, you know, we're going to see everything. We're going to see him, you know. Even I think even if we're dead, you know, he said all eyes are going to see him. You know what I mean? And everybody's going to be awoke in that moment to see everything. You know, they can see him in his glory. And there's some that are standing in heaven right now. They're going to witness it. So you know, the church in heaven, right? Pretty cool. Well, it says, it says, every eye shall see, and they which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail. And then crazy. Stuff, amen. So, it kind of gets more what you're talking about, though, because, because it backs up what you're talking about, because uh, it says, it says, every eye shall see, and then it says, and that's like all of us now. And then it says, and they which cursed him, which is all the way back 2,000 years ago. So they'll see it too. See what what, before the Everybody foundation of the world, man. I think it should be exciting because we get to inherit the earth and it'll be a new earth. That's that. And then we're going to be judging angels, those of us that are, are striving to be satisfied in, in our wonderful Savior who we constantly think about on a daily daily basis and sometimes minute by minute without you know with this I know I do I know and it's I keep thinking that even with all the things that we that people want to believe about eschatology I just I just kind of I, I'm more excited about what's going to happen than oh this is going to happen you know and thinking that what's going to happen I'm just like going well Lord you're going to come any minute now it's and, and it's going to be that day of judgment it's going to be that day of the Lord and well, like Tom Horn said, Tom Horn said on an interview with Dr. Future, he, he was saying, you know, that used to be our blessed hope. Now we're all scared of it, you know, but back in the old days, that was yeah. our blessed hope. You know, that was something we looked forward to. We're, we're supposed to look forward to that. Yeah. You know, that's our blessed hope, not our horrible doom. 
that's exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. Totally agree with Tommy Horn on that one. Yep, yep, yeah, 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 you wouldn't you know, agree with Tom on anything else. <laughs> and it, and it, and it, and it, comes, and it, <laughs> it comes back to what our faith is, Johnny. How we have our faith. Our faith is in the ever all-satisfying you know, all God, how wonderful he is. And, like, I agree with John Piper. We need to be Christian hedonists. We need to strive for that satisfaction where all these secondary things that we think of that we're so obsessed with, some of us, you know, uh, on eschatology, and and that is more of the topic and more about, you know, training in righteousness, which that should be, our, um, you know, our main thing, and, uh, and a motivation of, of just learning who he is, you know, that other stuff, secondary stuff, is just, you know, non-essential stuff, really, is... You know, we think about it, talk about it, you know, have some ideas about it, paint pictures of it, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and let our imaginations, you know, enjoy the imagination that God gave us, but, you know, just realize that they're just imagination and that his, his word is concrete and ours is just a feeble stubble, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. I think we ought to be able to, you know, we ought to be able to explore those ideas in, a, in an open forum, you know, without the other one oh, yeah. giggling. Without the other one giggling as we're talking about it. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I've got you as the past iron shows giggling at me while I'm going on about my <laughs> it just You're just funny looking and, you know. <laughs> Your mama. Your mama funny looking. Your mama, buddy. Your mama. <laughs> hey, don't make me get my belt. <laughs> yeah, um... I'd like to say to everybody out there that uh, as wacky as we get, we're serious about our faith. And if you're a person that doesn't have the Lord, and uh, you actually just listen to this bunch of, you know, our wackiness, but actually, you really don't know who Jesus is. You've heard of him. You've known all about him. Maybe you were raised in church. Maybe you were a Catholic. Maybe you were a Baptist. I don't I don't care, you know. Whatever. And, and you're... You're in an alternate, you know, in a, you know, alternative lifestyle, or you're a drug addict, or you're a, uh, an alcoholic, or you're a rock star, you're a wealthy man, rich guy, you're a scientist, you're an evolutionist, you're a professor. I don't care. I'm naming all these professions, but you're a person that you know, especially in America, uh, that you know that you've heard of Jesus, you know what is Jesus, and was he true? Uh, you know, you hear all these things, you're a college student, or you're in high school, or, yet, you know, let you know is that Jesus is really real, and uh, Johnny and I, uh, we've come to this point, uh, not, we've come, we've been in your shoes, we've walked in many shoes, as in Forrest Gump says, I've walked in many shoes, but, uh, <laughs> those are some nice I'm not a dudes. smart man, I'm not a smart man, but I know who Jesus I, I, is. I know who Jesus is. But really, he's he's actually real. Um, as, skeptical, as skeptical as, as I've always been. Yeah, skeptical as black. box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> what you going to get? Bubblegum bubble strips what they got. <laughs> my mama always told me, now I've lost about the chocolate. <laughs> 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 if 
pretty good. You have to say you have to say it like you're chewing on a chocolate. You never never know what you're going to get. Like I'm always all what you're going to get. You got caramel sticking your teeth there. I'm sorry. I totally messed up. I think my That's my boat. There's shrimp gumbo. You don't got me Shrimp gumbo, shrimp salad, shrimp <laughs> cocktail, shrimp sandwiches. <laughs> but all in all, all in all, before Danny goes off uh, to to the audience and to the, the lost ones, the one that, that's not sure yet or thinks we're a bunch of goof out and uh, you don't know about this Jesus thing, um, really, Jesus is really, he's really true. He's really, uh, he's, he really created you and I. He really did. Um, if you're hearing this, and you're like, the thing I tell you is, I mean, you're going to have to seek him out. Seek him out. Seek this to see if this is true. Most persons such as, such as like me have uh, went out to prove it wrong. And if you hear some of the other ones, I'm telling a different testimony, is that I've set out to prove it wrong. And if you hear how critical and analytical sometimes I get, uh, wanting to be right as, you know, right in what I believe, firm in my foundation, uh, making sure that I am telling you the right things and portraying the right things and making sure that it's the right information and it's complete truth because it's, and it's not part of what my opinion is because you can hear what my opinion is and I try to separate them. I'll let you know it's, it's an opinion or a theory, but we want to make sure that you're sure on the facts. But Jesus is real. And he is going to come one day. And there's going to be that day appointed. And it is the appointed day. It means the appointed day is he's going to come in all his glory. Or there's that appointed day that your heart's going to stop and you're going to pass away. But uh, and that decision is we're all going to die. We're all going to meet our maker. And we're going to stand before him. And uh, those that have didn't put their trust in him are going to remain condemned. And that those that put a trust in them, you know, are not condemned. They're going to be. If there's a psalm, it, it says that, you know, the, the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the wicked will perish. And if you don't know our Savior, if you don't know who Jesus is, you will be, you know, you're, and you're not in him. No matter if you do good things or you live a straight life and you obey all the Ten Commandments, so to speak. If you don't know Jesus Christ and, and you don't have your full trust in them and you're not and he hasn't come into you and justified you, uh, there will be that place that we talked about. And you'll be eternally separated from him and that will be hell. <clears throat> and it will be like a flame and it will burn forever. And uh because that was the decision you made. God gave you the ability to make that decision. And he's and you stand before him right now. And tomorrow's never guaranteed and you know, there, Jesus is, is really real, and all you have to do is call out to him, and he will reveal himself to you in his special way. And I don't know how. It's not going to be something spectacular if that's what you're expecting, because it's not like that. You know, um, Jesus is real, and uh, we all need him. We all need him to have eternal life. We come back to that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he says, come unto me. Well, you know, I'll make your sins as white as scarlet, you know, or white as snow. As uh, Your sins will be as scarlet, and they'll be as white as snow, as it says in Isaiah. And what that means is 
Jesus is real and that you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of God. You must become new. And right now you're you're at this moment, you're at that crossroads. Maybe you're trying to figure out what life is all about, what is really the meaning of life. And it is him. Amongst all the other religions that you see all the world, what people believe in, there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father, but only through me. And he is our only Savior. And why would you ask that we would need a Savior? Why do we need a Savior? Because we have sinned against him ever since we've been born. It's by one man's sin that came into the world. We all have sinned. We, it's death to all. For all have sinned. If you have lied once, if you have stolen once, if you have took the Lord's name in vain once, if you have committed adultery, if you, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. If you've broken any one of those commandments, you're, you stand guilty before God. We all do. But there's a way out. Jesus took your punishment upon him and took it to the cross. And he nailed it to that cross. Therefore, you are justified. If you believe in him, and it's for those that trust in him, he made you and he gave you a way out. And he was resurrected on the third day, which justified those that believe in him. And there, those that believe in him, he changes your life. He comes in you, into your heart and he sets his throne upon your heart and he gives you life. Life that you'd never known that you would ever have, that you'll be missing. And in that appointed day, that he comes, he takes you to be with him. And that you will have eternal life because you are going to die. We are all going to meet our maker. That is guaranteed. That is 100%. And you know it as well as I did. We're going to meet him. But when you die, are you going to be eternally forever with him? Or are you going to be eternally ever separated from him? Which is the worst hell that you'd ever imagine beyond all the things you can have. And he's there for you. He's there for you right now, and he loves you. It says God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that God left his throne, you know, and became fully human at one time, still remaining as the Father, holding everything in into existence. And he was became in the person of Jesus Christ. And he walked the earth for that three and a half years. And then he took on our punishment, as I said, I say again. He really didn't do all these things. This is a fact in history. This, this happened. And it changed the world forever on that moment. And if you accept him right now in the, your heart, by saying any little prayer, it doesn't matter what you say. You can say a sinner's prayer, as some have, fully believing, or you can just say, God, you know, save me. Really, and really mean it, you know. And that you know that there's no other way that you can go. There's no other way. There's no other religion that you can do. There's only one true religion. And that's only Christ. Because it's the only free religion. It's what, you know, what we, way we see religion these days is whatever, it, it, you know, you can meet it. But a true religion, it means that basically this, that Christ died for you. And it, it, you have a new life in him. And you're born again. And you will know that once you, you accept him and become saved, it will be new. But you need to do this. You know, and if you're at that moment, when you're at the crossroads, I say, seek him out. Because Jesus said, seek me and you will find. You know, seek me first, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, 
everything will be added then to you. I mean, it's even your information, everything you want to know about them. And you will see the difference between what's out there in this world, all the other, between all the other self-made religions to the one that is selfless. That has nothing to do with you. It's all about Christ. Your whole life is all about Christ. And it's going to be all about Christ anyway, because the whole meaning of life is Jesus. But I would accept him before, you know, it becomes too late, because tomorrow's never guaranteed. You may never have that chance again. You may die in your sleep tonight. You may die in a car accident, or, or you may not. But there's a decision that you're going to make, and this is the only decision in your life that you're going to be met up with. And then there's that appointed day. So I would yeah, say, don't, uh, don't wait to clean up and then come to Jesus. You know, it, it might be too late. You gotta, he wants you right where you are now. I don't care what you're on, what you're doing right now. You gotta, you gotta believe in Jesus now. Don't, don't, don't wait to get cleaned up because you could die in the next two minutes. You don't know. You drop dead of a heart attack. I don't know what you're doing right now, but maybe you're doing something really dangerous. You could just drop dead in two minutes. Don't wait. Don't get cleaned up and then come to Jesus. You come to Jesus now and then get cleaned up later. You know. That's the most important thing, I think. Don't wait. You know, don't wait. Yeah. So if you're coming to this moment, there's your opportunity. It's laid before you. All the world is without excuse. There will be no excuse. But we don't have any. So I just, for all of you that have come, thank you for listening to the show. And I guess that about wraps it up for us. Uh, until next time, Johnny. That, until uh, next time. Yeah, until next time, hopefully soon. We've been trying to do it more, but, like, uh, I have things that, you know, I have some things on my plate that I'm, I've, I've been doing, and that takes, and I'm trying to get together with him, and sometimes when I get home, I get really exhausted, you know, and I'm like, uh, I'm not, like, I can't think, so I don't, but, uh. That's okay, you know, we'll, 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 get, we'll get a show done every week, we can have to, we yeah. You know, we'll, we'll try to get as many as we can out there, but as long as it gets the message to everybody, you know, that people yeah. see it, that I say to everybody else, do the same things we're doing. Uh, stand up and be a light into the world, wherever it's, if it's just a small little corner and a couple people get to hear it, or thousands of people get to hear it. Whatever way, do, you know, imitate, you know, imitate the things, be out there doing, you know, just doing something. I mean, because you want you want people to know how wonderful Christ really is. Even in the midst of your muck, you know, you're yep. still there. And we just want to wrap up the show and say thanks to everybody and get a shout out. What's up? And uh, thank you very much for listening, at least listening to this, our show. And that you can continue to support us and maybe one day that we could have our own radio shows and then our own personal shows, you know. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the word out there. If you like, you like Rick and Johnny, you like the Iron Show. Tell everybody. Yeah. Tell them to go to ironshow.com and download a few Iron Shows. Yeah. And then go to, our go to our website and bring up things we could actually discuss. That would help because, you know, things that are bothering you, you know, whatever we could discuss. I mean, you know, you'll have, like, two different, you know, outlooks. And maybe Johnny will have his outlook, you know, perspective and I'll have a perspective to show and we'll so me and Johnny can come to agreement on things, you know, even more. 
Yeah, send us an email, you know, uh, rickatironshow.com, johnny at ironshow.com. Go to the front page, ironshow.com. You'll see the our email links are right up there at the top. Send us, a, yeah. send us an email. Something's on your heart, something's on your mind, you know, uh, something you want to talk about on the Iron Show. Maybe yeah. you want to come on the Iron Show and hang out with us. We could do that too, maybe. So, yeah, uh, and hopefully we can discuss things without fully no arguments, please, as in... We don't need the arguments. If it's something we shouldn't talk about and it starts whining an argument, we will cool down our jets. You know, but me and Johnny, we yeah. don't argue. We just, we just don't, we no. just throw things at each other. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to go, too. Anyway, so just. All right, so we're going to end this show like we always end our shows because we can never wrap it up. So we just, uh, we just say one, two, three, goodbye, and that's over. That's the end of the show. All right, ready? Yep. Ready? One, one, one two, two, three, three. Goodbye. Take